Today we'll be talking about shadow people, spirits, an exorcism, and much more. All coming up on this episode of Paranormal Mysteries. Thank you all for joining me and welcome. I am your host, Nick Ryan. I hope everyone's had a great week. And before we start today's episode, I'd like to thank Luciana and Laura for their support and generosity. And if you enjoy the show, please consider following, sharing, and reviewing the podcast. This supports us by helping new listeners to discover the show. You can also support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash paranormalmysteries, or by donating at buymeacoffee.com slash paranormal. And if you wish to share your paranormal encounter on the podcast, you can write to me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com. Or if you'd prefer to record your experience and send it to me, you can now do this on our website as well. You can also visit speakpipe.com slash paranormalmysteries and record your story there. And remember that all these links can be found in the show notes. And with that being said, today's first story comes to us from Jess, and Jess's story is called Pendulums Are Like Ouija Boards. Jess says, Hi there. I found your podcast on Spotify about two weeks ago, and I'm almost fully caught up. I listen at work, which makes the time fly by. I have quite a few experiences, but I will start with just this one for now. I believe that I am an empath, and unfortunately I am very sensitive to the paranormal, and bad ones like to stick to me, so I try my hardest to avoid any contact. My son's grandma is a hippie, free-spirited lady, and she loves the whole energy and earth stuff. She had shown me a pendulum that she had, and we played with it a little bit. I thought it was neat, so I bought my own. But this was a big mistake. When I got my pendulum, I opened it up and sat in a quiet room, and I did the breathing to relax myself and let my energy flow through the chain to the crystal. I was in a good mood and wasn't stressed or anything. I started off by programming the yes and no to easy questions and answers, and then I asked just simple silly questions, and after I was done, I put it away. But that was also a big mistake. Little did I know was that I needed to open with a prayer and close it with a prayer, because it is a tool just like a Ouija board, and I had caught something's attention, of course. I found out I had something bad because I would notice shadows and little noises, but nothing happened, but just a strange wrong feeling or presence. So the next day I went to my friend's house to drop my son off, and her dog, who loved me the day before, wanted to kill me. So I racked my brain and did research, and sure enough, I did the prayer, and then closed it. The next day I went to my friends, and the dog loved me again. Please, if you do anything, always do research and be careful. Thank you for reading this, and if you choose to air it, I thank you as well. I will write in again soon. Thanks, Jess. Our next story of the night comes to us from Finn, and Finn's story is called... Shadow People. Finn says, Hello. I've been listening to your podcast for a while and I figured I should share one of my many stories. As a kid, I would have many interactions with entities and the paranormal, and I've never been too frightened of the unexplained because of this. A few years ago, my family and I were staying in Hawaii. 
I had been told by a very kind woman that the place we were staying at had sacred grounds nearby. She told us stories of caves she had explored, entertaining my brother and I. One night when we had returned to our condos, I being with my brother and grandmother while my parents stayed in another with my granddad, I slept in a fold-out bed next to the kitchen and dining room, and my brother slept in a separate room, and my grandma stayed on the second floor. I woke up around 2 or 3 a.m., and when I looked straight ahead, I saw an odd figure that looked like my brother sitting still on a chair facing me. The figure was completely pitch black, darker than outside. I watched it for a few minutes before getting out of bed and looking in my brother's room to see if he was pranking me, but he was fast asleep in his bed. I turned around and the figure was still watching me. I then turned on the light and it disappeared, so I went back to sleep. I didn't tell my family about it because I feared they wouldn't believe me. I only told them after what happened next. Throughout the rest of the week I kept waking up to these shadow people. The clearest I can remember was that there was five of them. They took the forms of my family. There were four at the table and a more blobby one in the kitchen. I had gotten used to these figures and wasn't bothered to see if it really was my family, and I went back to sleep, annoyed that I had been woken up again. And on the last night that we were there, I didn't wake up or see the shadow people again. It's been almost five years now, and I haven't seen any more shadow people. I suppose that they stayed in the condos and didn't follow me home. Thank you for reading this, and stay safe. Signing off, Finn. Our next story of the night comes from Mary, and Mary's story is called Baseball Boy. Mary says, Hello, I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I finally feel that I have a place where I can share my experiences. I have experienced paranormal events since I was a young child, but today I'm going to share one of my first experiences with you. It was summertime in northeastern Tennessee. My grandmother and I were staying a few days with our family. My aunt and uncle had just built a home on a beautiful piece of land overlooking a valley. To our knowledge, no one had built a home on this property before. They had a nice swimming pool that my cousin and I thoroughly enjoyed throughout the day. At the time, I was 12 years old and my cousins were 6 and 2. For privacy reasons, I'm going to call the 6-year-old Beth and the 2-year-old Nicole. Nicole had been slipping through the gate on the porch and was making her way to the swing set just beyond the pool. This was a normal occurrence, as we had all been outside together that day. Nicole was a very determined child. Later that evening, Beth and I decided to go for a night swim. This was something that they typically did together, as my aunt worked third shift, so they stayed up late all the time. It was so exciting to be outside at night like that, as my parents were much more strict about this. All the adults and Nicole were inside, while we had a blast swimming. Suddenly, I saw someone running through the yard in my peripheral vision. I went to say Nicole's name, as this is who I expected had snuck back outside. It was to my surprise that a little boy approximately four or five years old, based on his size, stopped and looked at me. Although it was only for a few seconds, it felt much longer. He was dressed in a baseball uniform. It was white with vertical black pinstripes with a cap to match. As we looked at one another, he just vanished. I panicked at this point and was frozen in fear, and my grandmother was the only person that believed me at the time. My family still lives in this home, and they have experienced multiple things throughout the years. It was not long after my experience that Beth had a friend over that felt a cold hand on the small of her back, 
pushing her on the swings of that very swing set. Beth said that she never told anyone about the little boy that we saw. Due to Beth being fearful, her family got a dog to help her feel safer in the home. This dog used to growl at things that weren't there, and eventually attacked my uncle unprovoked one day. Beth also used to see a man in a hat and heard knocking on her windows. My aunt, uncle, and younger cousins have shared that they also had experiences, but I don't know the details of these, as it is not openly discussed. I did not realize until later that there is a graveyard just below their home in the valley. It is possible that the spirits could have been visiting them. Beth is very skeptical of the experiences that she had as a child, and as we discussed them recently, she brushes them off as something else. I, however, know what I have experienced. Thank you for taking the time to read my story, and I plan to share my other experiences in a future email. Best regards, Mary. Our next experience comes to us from Josefina, and Josefina says, Good evening, Nick. I am new to your podcast as I just discovered you on Podbean. The reason your podcast caught my eye is the subject matter. I am Apache native and have always experienced various forms of activity from the spirit world. My mother, who just traveled onto her journey to the spirit world three years ago, also shared her experiences with us, my siblings and I. Your podcast included a story of a snake this evening, and I have one significant message from the snake when I was around 12 years old, and then just recently, as native snakes always bring warnings of trouble, or depending on the season, transitions while shedding their skin. One evening in the late 70s, about a week after Easter, my family had a normal day. Saturday, we worked in the garden, and us kids did our chores, and we had gathered for mealtime. At our gatherings, I looked forward to my one aunt who I adored. She was the one I loved. Long, dark hair, high cheekbones, and so much life. My family called her the free-spirited wild one of our tribe, and for me, I just wanted to be like her when I grew up. Well, this particular gathering, she had not shown up. I was disappointed to say the least. However, the gathering went on, but I could not enjoy the gathering as I felt a darkness in my soul. I told Mama, but she just told me that my aunt was elsewhere. I know my aunt would be with us, I just felt it. Something was wrong. Well, that evening, shortly after bedtime, I was laying in bed asking Spirit to please let me know if my aunt was okay. And shortly after, my sister and I heard the rattlesnake outside of our window. It frightened us, and we got up and went to tell our papa so he and my brother could go and catch it. And when they went outside, it was nowhere to be found. Shortly after they came back into our house, our phone rang. It was one of the elders of our tribe, telling my papa that our aunt, his eldest sister, had passed away in a bad, bad accident. My sister and I cried and realized that my aunt came to our window in her new spirit form to say goodbye. Not as a messenger of trouble, but a message of her transition, and how she will stealthily sneak into the spirit realm as she wills. A wild, free spirit. Not sure if this fits into your podcast, however it is a good memory your show stirred up in my heart, as I am now 60 plus years and just wanted to share. Our next story of the night comes to us from Eli, and Eli's story is called The Dark Shadow at the Prison. Eli says, Hi Nick, I've been listening to your show for months now, and I am hooked. I have a few paranormal stories to tell, but I'll go ahead and tell the one that is the most vivid one and the one I remember the most. I work in an adult correctional institution, and I've worked there for 13 years. 
It's located in Texas, in a town that borders Mexico. When I started as a rookie, I worked the graveyard shift for the first three years, and it was also when the drug cartel battles in Mexico were extremely heavy. So being a border town, we would get all the cartel members that they would extradite to the U.S. Many of these cartel members were strong believers in the Santa Muerte, or the Holy Death translated to English. Some inmates would even have prison-made altars with the Santa Muerte sculptured out of soap in them, along with food items as offerings. On one particular night in 2009 or 2010, I was assigned to the segregation unit. It's basically two hallways that run parallel to each other, with cells on both sides of each hallway. And before entering each hallway, there's a big metal door. Around 3 a.m. that night, I was with two other officers that were assigned to a housing unit that was near, and we were about 15 feet away from the first hallway in the segregation unit. We were standing in a triangle. One officer had his back to the segregation unit, while me and the other officer were facing it. As we were in the middle of a conversation, I saw a really dark shadow come out of the wall. It crossed the hallway and went through the hallway's door that leads to the first segregation hallway. I immediately turned to look at the other officer that was also facing the unit. He then looked at me and asked me if I had also seen the dark shadow. I was not the only one who had seen it. He had seen it too. The officer with the back towards the unit then turned around and asked what we were looking at, but it was too late. There was nothing there anymore. After talking about it with the officer that saw the dark shadow too, we think it's the Santa Muerte that was coming to the altars to accept the offerings. Over the years, I've also heard stories of inmates there at the segregation unit that also say that they've seen the black shadow pass by their cell door. Thank you for letting me tell my story, and keep up the good work. Our next story of the night comes to us from Ira, and Ira's experience is called An Exorcism of Sorts. Ira says, Hi Nick, I enjoy the podcast. It truly makes work a lot better. I was a missionary on the Gila River Reservation in Arizona for two years of my life. While there, I experienced some scary stuff, and for the first time, sleep paralysis. While I slept, I would awake just before my alarm to something standing next to me while I laid in bed. It had bright yellow eyes and yellow teeth, smiling with long, greasy hair. After talking to someone about this, I was moved to South Phoenix, and it all stopped, until one day I felt it again. I saw it watching me as I laid on the bottom bunk of a bunk bed. It came closer until it took a knee on my chest, suffocating me. I finally regained control and was panting and crying for someone to help. My companion at the time didn't wake up, and I sobbed till daylight. The next morning, everyone in the apartment knew something was wrong, but I played it off until I finally burst into tears, telling them what had happened. They had me call the mission president, hoping for something profound, but he told me to just tell it to go away. Well, I told the other guys what the mission president told me, and I asked, who wants to do it? Silence controlled the room, so I stood up and said, Well, I guess I'll do it. Raising my arm to the square and declaring in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. In that instance, everyone in the room felt the presence leave. One missionary went as far as to say, I thought you were making all this up, but then I felt it leave. Since then, I haven't seen it, and I recently moved into those same apartments with my wife now that I've finished my mission, and I have seen a shadow person since living there. 
Our next story comes to us from Santana, and Santana's story is called Mysterious Marble. Santana says, This story happened only a month ago, so it's pretty recent. It was on a Saturday, if I'm correct, when this happened. My house is a multi-level with four floors. My room is at the top level next to an office and the guest bedroom. I was downstairs on the main level when I remembered that I needed something from my room. I of course went up to get that item, which was an apron, out of my closet. Everything was going well, except something didn't feel right. As I opened the closet, I looked inside, and nothing was there. So I casually got the apron and closed the door. But then, that's when I heard it. The thump. I didn't know what it was, so I opened the closet back up, and there it was. A shiny metallic marble. I looked to see where it could have come from, but I didn't see any place that it could have rolled off of. My shelves are made of those small metal bars, which form the spaces between each of them. And I also had a glass jar that held marbles, and when I checked that jar, it was never opened. No holes, no spaces, nothing. This doesn't sound paranormal as you are probably thinking, but the event that happened before and after that may give certain reasons for this. This house and other houses I have lived in all had one or more paranormal events occur without any explanation. Ever since that very first event, it has always felt like somebody was following me, that somebody was watching me. It felt so strong when I found the marble, almost like that thing was trying to communicate. I picked the marble up and it was so heavy, so abnormally heavy. I tried to brush it off, but I couldn't. I was trying to find a reasonable explanation, but I just couldn't. Not one single solution popped into my head, and before I knew it, it was already nighttime. I had been thinking for hours already, just trying to think of why this happened. I thought to myself, I should go to bed. I had a long day. So I laid down and turned off the lights. I closed my eyes, just trying to forget what had happened. Then I heard a small scratching sound on the floor. It sounded like a cat or a small dog, but that was the problem. I don't have a cat or a dog. Neither a bird nor a rabbit. Nothing. I opened my eyes, and that's when I saw it. That's when I saw her. She was that thing, that vibe, those eyes that have been following me. She was tall with long hair. She had no eyes, with blood dripping from her eye sockets. I then quickly turned on my lamp. I wanted it to go away. I wanted it all to go away. And once I turned on the lamp, she was gone. Our next story of the night comes to us from Eddie, and Eddie's story is called Shadow People. And Eddie says, Hey Nick, I hope everything is going well for you and your family. My first experience with shadow people was when I was a teenager living in my parents' house. The house we lived in was built on some old farmland, and we had found the remains of house foundation behind the house, and the bones from a mule or a horse. At the time, the house we lived in had a big basement, and it stayed pretty dark, except during the day when light streamed in through some windows. I was going to my music room in the basement when I happened to see a really dark shadow move past a metal support post. I was the only one in the house, and there was no way anything from outside could have cast a shadow that far into the basement. I never felt any kind of negativity from it. It just seemed like it was curious about who I was. As time went on, I would encounter two or three other shadow people who just wanted to watch me from a distance. Sometimes it was a little unnerving, knowing that someone or something was watching me from the shadows. Thank you for showing interest in hearing my story. I have many other stories of the paranormal that I have experienced throughout my life. 
but those I'll save for later. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Sincerely, Eddie. Our next story of the night comes to us from Samantha, and Samantha's story is called Grandma and the Phantom Cat. Samantha says, Hello Nick, I recently found your podcast and have enjoyed it very much. I like hearing of experiences that I have also had in my life that are paranormal. I would like to share two of my stories with you. When I was nine, I was spending the night at my grandparents' house, which I did often. The next day was grandparents' day at my school. I was upstairs sleeping in my room when I woke up around 1 a.m. because I felt someone sit on the end of my bed. When I opened my eyes, I saw my great-grandma Velma sitting on the edge of my bed, smiling at me. I sat up quickly because I was so surprised to see her as she lives in Iowa. I said hi to her and she kept smiling at me. I asked her if she was okay and she nodded and said I needed to go back to sleep because I had a busy and long day ahead of me. I said okay and went back to sleep. The next morning I got up and got ready for school like normal. I didn't see her downstairs, so I thought that it must have been a dream that I had, so I didn't mention it to my grandparents at the time. I walked to school that day since my grandparents lived a block away from my elementary school. When it was time for my grandparents to show up, my grandparents weren't there. I waited for them as all the other grandparents gathered around my classmates. Just as the activities started, my grandma finally showed up with my principal and told me to come with her. I then went into the hall and saw my grandpa and my mom there. My mom told me to get my things and that we had to go on a road trip. I was confused but did what I was told. When we got my little brother and finally got into the car, my mom told me that we were going to Iowa because my great-grandma Velma had died in her sleep overnight. My stomach dropped. I didn't understand at first because it felt so real when she visited me last night. When we got to her assisted living facility in Iowa to go through her belongings, I saw her again walking down the long hallway that held the apartments of the assisted living facility. She turned around when I saw her, and she winked at me, and then disappeared. I didn't say anything to my grandparents or my parents until years after, when I understood and realized that it was her spirit that had visited me that night, and her spirit I saw in the hallway. I wasn't scared at all when I saw her either time. It was like I had expected to see her, and it was normal. My next story happened when I was around 14 or 15. We lived in an old house that had stones that were from an old hotel that had burned down. I heard and saw many, many things throughout the 10 years that we lived there, but one really stood out. I was sleeping when all of a sudden I felt like my back was on fire. My back was facing the wall, and I looked behind me and didn't see anything that could cause me to get hot all of a sudden. I then threw off my covers and opened my window next to my bed. A few minutes later, my back felt even hotter, and then I felt what I can only describe as a cat walking up against my legs and then my back. We did have a cat then, but my bedroom door was closed and the cat usually slept in the living room. I quickly looked behind me towards the wall again, but didn't see anything. As I turned back around, I felt that same pressure of a cat walking on my bed right behind me. The heat had then subsided, and then all of a sudden I felt a paw on my shoulder, and then nothing. It took me a while to go back to sleep, because I was really freaked out. The next morning, I found out that a house about six houses down from us had caught fire and burned down. The family was able to get out safely, but they lost two dogs and their cat in the fire. 
Did the spirit of the cat that died in the fire visit me that night, and that's why my back got hot for some reason? I've told a few people these stories. Some have believed me, and some think I'm crazy. I believe very much in the paranormal, and I am open to any experience I have in my past and in my future. Thank you for your podcast and letting people have an outlet to express their experiences as well. Thank you for your time. Samantha As we come to the end of tonight's episode, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in and supporting the show. And a special thank you goes out to Jess, Finn, Mary, Josefina, Eli, Ira, Santana, Eddie, and Samantha for sharing their experiences. If you've witnessed something paranormal and would like to share your story, please write to me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com or if you prefer to record your experience and send it to me, you can now do this on our website as well. And don't forget that all of our links can be found in the show notes. Until next time, I hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with our next episode. From all of us at Paranormal Mysteries, thank you so much for listening, and please remember, don't wait for the unknown to come to you. Get out there and find it. <laughs>